0: You know, there's all kinds of scenes that I respond to in movies. I respond to music sequences, uh, I respond to big comedy sequences. It was like uh, they galvanized the, the entire theater. Everybody uh, woke up, everybody got connected. And, you know, and I would go see a, a, a film that had a, a, a sequence like that. I would see it two or three times at the theaters just to see that sequence. And then just to have that experience uh, uh, with an audience.
1: Welcome to making Tarantino the podcast another bonus episode for Django Unchained this time but uh, Chip was busy and not able to do the episode when we recorded it back in the day on December 23rd 2022 so my friend Jason uh, joined me and uh, he's fun he's funny we're funny together so uh, I believe it's a good one so here it is and at the end you will not hear a trailer for what's coming up because on that original show, then we ended the show with an episode of like, you know, celebrating the show before we came on to here to making Tarantino. So, but what I will play is the next bonus episode. You will hear Hateful Eight and then I'll put a trailer on at the end of that for Once Upon Time in Hollywood. So thank you, everyone. We hope you enjoy. I'm your host, Philip Duke, and I am here with a man who believes that slavery should have never been abolished. And... uh, Come on now. (laughs) No, I know. I was like, should I, shouldn't I? No, I got to. Um, No, I'm here with uh, Jason Bromley from Popcorn Promises, uh, the one and only the first Green Lantern, the only Green Lantern in my heart, that's, That's right, right. I wish I had one of those horns.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: hello, Jason.
0: Hello, it's good to be here, Philip.
1: Yeah, last time you were on was uh, what did we do? I was thinking about earlier. Damn it. What did we? You were gonna be on the Scream episode, but we couldn't get that to happen. You? Oh, Commando maybe was the last time you were on commando I don't and know, they blur and,
0: together cuz you do my show I do your show we do each other's butts it's all over the place
1: that's right um yeah but it's a pretty polished butt um yours is mine is uh hairy and gross um <laughs> the it's interesting because with Jason I'll be like he'll be like oh we did good on the show and I'm like don't you remember that we did good on mine like you <laughs> forgot all those facts and you were like there's a fact and it was like new to you And, and then, um, and then he was like, you should do the crow on yours. And I'm like, we should, but now we're ending the show. And so this will be the last movie on this show. And then we're going to go on to, uh, making Tarantino. So that'll be fun.
0: But to wait till the next, next show before you can do the crow. That's right. Well, yeah. Or
1: just, you know, who knows? Yeah. I'll do uh like I told Chip, I said, should we continue my cellular heart just on youtube and he's like no end mm-hmm. it end it fuck it end it and i'm like that kind of hurts like it's easy for you to say but I'm yeah like, okay then you're right let's end it but i think he's like i don't have time to do both right like he only has two days off and so he's like i can only do so much
0: um, yeah but that's your baby you brought that baby into the world
1: exactly and it was all because of joe merle who was doing those movie guys and i was listening to them and i'm like i'm like how come a long time ago when i wanted to do a movie podcast i never did because i was like ah there's a lot out there fuck it and then i was like none of my friends want to be on the show anyway so fuck it i'll just do my own show and on that first show i'm like oh i'm gonna have what's on streaming, what's on every single streaming platform. And we'll watch shows. I'm going to give you news. I'm going to do all this. And then second episode, I'm like, fuck all that. We're going to do a couple movies. And that's it. <laughs> so it was three movies and then it was like, OK, two movies. And it was like, OK, one movie each and they'll be connected and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> anyway, we lost Mike Hodges the other day. He directed such films as Flash Gordon, which we did on the show. Uh, Croupier. I'll Sleep When I'm Dead, and the original Get Carter, not the Stallone piece of shit, but uh, he directed others, <laughs> but those are some of the main ones. So uh, rest who in was deep. in
0: the original Get Carter.
1: Um, Michael Caine, my cocaine. See, Michael, Michael Caine. Caine, Michael Caine. Sounds like you're saying my cocaine with Michael Caine's accent. My cocaine. It's Michael <laughs> That's Caine. Interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. Jaws is Michael Caine.
1: Oh, that's a good one. Jaws gets revenge because she's cheating on Brody,
0: something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Jaws two was really good. Jaws three was a letdown, and Jaws four was a like it was diminishing returns as they kept going. It was like, come on, really. Uh,
0: I like Jaws four more than I like Jaws three. He,
1: okay, you might be right, but it had, but you had uh, you had Dennis Quaid in there, so he was cool.
0: The thing about Jaws 3 is it was a great idea having Jaws in SeaWorld. Right. But it just was like poorly done. Yeah, yeah, it was shitty. But the idea of having Jaws 3D and in SeaWorld, those were both awesome ideas.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it could have been executed way better. Uh, Speaking of that, have you guys went and seen the Fablemans, the Steven Spielberg story yet?
0: No, it's too Jewy for me. Wow. Wow.
1: so he doesn't want to abolish slavery but let's talk about the jews was hitler
0: right or wrong now that's no no i i do want to uh i do want to see that
1: um no i've heard it's really good i still haven't seen it what's funny is i bought the amc thing we'll get to the movie in a minute everybody the amc a-list thing i bought again i was like oh it's 20 because i was gonna go buy avatar 2 tickets My one ticket was 19 something. And I'm like, well, fuck it. I'll just buy the AMCA list and I'll go to the movies and I'll see a bunch. And then I go and see Avatar and that's all. And my wife's like, you bought this fucking thing and now you're not going. So make sure to cancel it. And I'm like, but wait, I was going to go see violent night, which you talked about, which we might talk about at the end of the show. And I was going to go see Fableman's and maybe Black Panther. And but it's that where you go where you look at Fableman's playing in a real small theater and you go, well, maybe I'll just wait. Like I saw last blood in a small theater and it was just me. And it's like, okay, that wasn't very fun. Like, you know, so why, (laughs) why go, why not just stay here and have my own drinks and popcorn and whatever. So
0: I'm a fucking weirdo like that too, though. Like I'll see something came out and I'll really want to see it. And then it's been out for like two weeks and I'm like, ah, fuck it. I'll wait.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> because it's not where... new.
0: You just want that new thing.
1: Exactly. I was like, I was like, oh, I got it for Avatar, but now I can go see Black Panther. Oh, wait, that's been out a while. It's going to be on Disney Plus soon. Oh, I'll go see Fablemans. Oh, well, now it's already available to get early. So if I wait a little more, it'll just be available on HBO Max or somewhere, even though I heard Spielberg said some shit about Warner Brothers as well. So him and warner the,
0: brothers is doing some dirty pool right now so it's
1: oh okay for them to it's, say that it's so annoying trust me we'll get it look this is our last movie episode and i know jason's got uh, no time to spare but here we go um yeah it's this bullshit that i hate of like everybody's angry at james you know everybody's happy oh henry cavill's back and then all yeah. of a sudden james gunn's like i'm writing a new superman we're going this way and everybody's like what the fuck happened with everybody and it's like it's getting too long now you're getting too far away from the flashpoint now is going to be like you're going to have batman in there and you know everybody wants to see michael keaton but is this really going to happen like and just forget it like forget all just i don't know it's a superhero thing they
0: they had their chance to shine and they fucked it up. So yeah. we've got to go all new and we can't forget the Snyderverse until we completely get rid of all those people. Right. Because yeah. no matter what you do, if you say it's a reboot, but it's still got Henry Cavill in it. It's still just the same super I, Superman we had before.
1: I agree. It's a thing where, yeah, you could bring Henry Cavill and have him smile for once. That'd be nice. That'd and, be nice. Um, yeah. And then, you know, and make it light, but it's like, you shouldn't hire this dark guy in the first place. Who, you know, no offense But I wonder why his daughter was having these Machinations in her head Well, here's your dad, who's Also a dark person and does a movie Like Sucker Punch, which is like, holy Shit, like um, But anyway, I'll defend Sucker Punch That was actually, I like that movie Um, But okay, let's get on With the show, you ready?
0: I'm born ready Oh, shit, okay Yeah Do you know what a bounty hunter is? You kill people let may give you a reward. I'm looking for the Brittle Brothers. However, I don't know what they look like, but you do. <laughs> they call my wife, and they sold her. but I don't know who to. <laughs> I need your help.
1: You do this. I'll take you to rescue it's your wife. Where are we going? <laughs>
0: Gentlemen. Come on over. You got a fight
1: going on that's a good bit of fun. How do you like the bounty hunting business? Kill white folks and they pay you for it? What's not the like? I like the way you die, boy. You're welcome. What's your name? Django. The D is silent. Django Unchained 2012 the plot with the help of a German bounty hunter a freed slave sets out to rescue his wife from a brutal plantation owner in Mississippi stars Jamie Foxx as Django Freeman so it was almost Will Smith Will Smith was like oh I'm not the lead fuck that shit oh wow you're gonna turn down a Tarantino movie because of that I'll slap you myself
0: Everybody loves Will Smith, but you know what? He can go fuck himself, and I thought that before the Oscar slap. Fuck that guy.
1: Here's here's my thing. So, I used to follow him on my Instagram. We talked about wasting all kinds of bullshit time. I'm like, why am I following J-Lo? I don't know. (laughs) Um, But, all of a sudden now, all the stuff he shot, I just, I don't give a shit. And this movie out on Apple Plus, I'm like, it looks good, but I'm done with you. Like, yeah and yeah but here's here's the thing like where is it with like mel gibson and tom cruise can do their weirdness and we're just like ah, that's our personal life we're okay with you as you know mel gibson go drink all you want go call the girl sugar tits but just do your movies (laughs) do another you know lethal weapon five but uh anyway It's yeah. So it's but then with Will Smith, you're just like, no, I've I've seen through your true self like Mel Gibson. Yeah. Like my thing with Mel Gibson was doesn't Danny Glover go, oh, that was the beer and the liquor was truth serum. And that's how he feels. Should I feel upset that he hates black people, you know, or whatever or Jews or whatever? But it's like, no, you're a good actor. Like, But anyway, I'll get on that. Um, or it was going to be Idris Elba, Chris Tucker, Ooh, that'd have been good. Terrence Howard, yeah, really good. Michael Kenneth Williams, and Tyrese Gibson were considered. <laughs> yeah. So well, and Chris Tucker would have been weird. That would have, but it, but it would have straightened you out after he was like serious or whatever. Um, yeah, Christoph Waltz as Doctor King Schultz. So Tarantino credits the character and attitude of the German dentist turned bounty hunter King Schultz to the German Carl May Wild West films of the 1960s, namely their hero, Old Shatterhand. So there's another old movie you can go look up, but just thought I'd throw that in there in case anybody cared. I got some other stuff coming up right here. Uh, this po- So there was another thing that they said that I was reading up King Schultz was a cross between like Doc Holliday and, you know, because he was a dentist and stuff like that. Um, But here's something really cool. And this, I got out of this watching. I was going to bring it up, and then I found it in my research right before we hit record. Leonardo DiCaprio's Monsieur Calvin J. Candy. Leonardo DiCaprio has revealed that the characters of Drexel Spivey from True Romance and Doc Holliday from Tombstone were inspirations on his role as Calvin Candy. So this time watching it, I was like, what is it about his character and the way he's saying certain things? And I'm like, it's Drexel. He's totally, totally. You could put Gary Oldman in that role and it could be that whole thing. It's like, you know, it ain't White Boy Day, is it? Um, so, <laughs> you know, and the Doc Holiday thing, him being kind of a dandy and kind of, you know, really cool. Carrie Washington as Hilda Hildy von Shaft. So I think she's related to John Shaft from the, from the. Oh, it's totally, movie. totally, yeah. Carrie uh, <laughs> Washington. I didn't read that. I'm just saying her name is Shaft. So Carrie uh, <laughs> Washington sought to bring authenticity to her performance in several ways. The actor playing her overseer used a fake whip, but Washington insisted the lashings really hit her back. And to dramatize her punishment inside an underground coffin sized metal container, she and Tarantino agreed she would spend time barely clothed in the quote hot box before the filming began. So the feeling of confinement would be as realistic as possible. It's like, first Damn. of all, is that, Quint, is that Quentin again being like, let me, He'll, you know, yeah, let me like turn myself people, on. Man. Well, that and let me turn myself on. Like, here's what I want. Like, I was even thinking he probably has to be real careful. There's a part at toward the end where he's got Django on a rope and he's tugging on the rope and Django's trying to keep up with the horse. And I'm like, is this him? Just, you know, you know, yeah, you don't know. Probably. If I understand it's part of the movie, but also like some kind of weird fetish or whatever, who knows? Um, but yeah,
0: Uh yeah, he was, really choked that actress in, in Glorious Bastards*.
1: That's what we talked about last week. It was it's those things yeah. where, and she kind of laughs it off as like, "I guess I'm gonna die by Quentin Tarantino, okay?" Like, cause yeah. like I can't yeah. trust Christoph Waltz to do it right, cause he might do it too much or not enough. I need to do it just right. And it's like, okay, we've seen your bed habits now. You're those guys that yeah. are almost like a serial killer that likes to choke your girlfriend till she almost passes out, like. Yeah. Or your wife or whatever. So, yeah, it's it's crazy. Uh, Samuel Jackson is Stephen Warren. Walter Goggins, your favorite, as Billy Crash. I mean, I love him, too. He's always a he's always a mean guy. Uh, Speaking of Christmas, watch Fat Man, everybody. It's a good he's a hitman. Oh, that is a good one. Yeah. Going to kill Santa. James Remar as Butch Pooch and a spec. So he's in the beginning as a spec owning Django. And then later, he's the guy that looks like uh, Black Bart or whatever that real guy name was. Don Johnson as Spencer Big Daddy Bennett and Franco Nero as Amerigo Veseppe. Not Vespucci, but Vesepi. Um, So Franco Nero, in case you didn't know, was the original um, Django. So the one that's oh, at the okay. bar with him that looks over at him and he's like, he's like, you know, who are you? And he goes, I'm Django. You know, how do you spell that DJ and G O D silent? And he goes, he goes, I know. And he walks away. And so it's like, Oh wow. And he had a thing. I thought I put it in here and maybe I did later, but, um, his thing was like, yeah, I did put in later. Um, anyway, in case I forgot it. Cause I was this morning, I'm like, let me do all my notes. I got to wake up in six hours. Um, <laughs> that uh he he had this idea i did put it in now i remember anyway he had this idea to be um jango's father like there'd be flashbacks before he was in it he was like what if he kept having flashbacks of me and then it's revealed that i'm his father and it was like mm-hmm. oh that'd be cool like the original Django or something was like you're the father now this also has other people in it i don't know if you know because you're younger than me so it's got tom wopat from dukes of hazard i'm my name is philip duke so i'm a duke boy right so i love right right the duke boys tom wopat shows up and i'm like oh fuck it's luke duke awesome and And he's still
0: looking good man yeah like yeah he's still just got a little
1: gray on his goatee but he's good (laughs) yeah and uh, and then um, so the first guy that shows up is like, why are you shooting in, you know, Sheriff, you know, Sheriff, uh, I forget his name, Sharps place. And he just shoots him right in the chest. That's Don Stroud, who was in like a bunch of TV and he was in the Mike Hammer show with uh, with uh, Stacey Keach. So he's been in a lot of stuff about a lot of biker movies. And then um, that guy that's like, you want to come in for some cake? It was my birthday yesterday. We just had cake you know, come on in. And that's, and he was in hateful eight and that's, uh, um, he was in Matt Houston. There used to be a show called Matt Houston. And um, now I can't think of his name, but he's in it. So you're like, Oh my God. And then I'm sure she had a bigger part, but Zoe bell had the rag, you know, had the red thing on her face and they were going to yeah. do a whole, I think background of that because you had, did you see uh, Robert Carradine was in there? He was mm-hmm. one of the guys that was walking up to him. Um, mm-hmm. and then there's two other people. One of the guys I think was from Kill Bill and anyway, a whole bunch of people, which is cool. Like if you're Rob Zombie or Quentin Tarantino, you can call these old actors up and be like, Hey, you want to do my shit? Like I loved you back when I saw you, blah, blah, blah. Written by Quentin Tarantino, directed by Quentin Tarantino. So, uh, I'm sure I don't need to ask. I almost should get rid of this question, but it's our last movie. So who gives a shit? How did this movie come into your life?
0: Oh, man, I've been a Tarantino fan from way back. And uh, I was super worried after seeing the last couple movies because I've kind of grown to like *Inglorious Bastards, but I didn't like it the first time that I saw it. Mm -hmm. And I was really worried that Kill Bill was like such a love letter to himself Right. I was like, Tarantino has gone too far in the other direction now. He can't not make a Tarantino movie. Yeah. Uh, and then Django came out and I was like, holy shit, he's back again. He's got it, you know? Yeah. And then I felt like he didn't get it all out of his system. And Hateful Eight was kind of like a post-ejaculate movie that he <laughs> did after Django. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I loved Django.
1: Well, and and some of that you look at, like, I get excited by seeing all those old actors but some people would be like, like I was listening to Dude's Guide to Lady, Lady's Guide to Dude Cinema, which now they just call Dude Cinema. But it's a thing where guys tell them to watch a movie like it's one of those you get a girl over. You're like, oh, you should watch this movie. It's fucking great. <laughs> and they're like, is that a date movie? Like, is Kill Bill a date movie? Like, did that turn you on anything? And one of them was him. They were talking about Kill Bill and they were like, all this shit that I don't know this nerdy shit that I don't get. And it's that thing like Shaw like, or all these Don Strode, like Matt Houston. Like, you're like, I don't get it. But of other people, nerds are like, yes. And he's almost like you said, ejaculating, like, look at this, look what I'm going to do here. Look what I did there. <laughs> um, so you're like, oh my God. Um, yeah. Mine too. I mean, like chip always says like, well, I got turned on to it because you told me to go see it. Like right. you were fucking <laughs> right. talking all about it. And I'm like, well, yeah, everything like was like, oh, my God, you know, and this one. I don't know if I found the script for this one. I don't think I did, but the other ones I the script got released, got leaked for Kill Bill one and two, and it got leaked for Inglorious Bastards. And I was reading that like, holy shit, this is amazing. Um, and right now I'm in the middle of reading. I was hoping to finish it. Maybe I'll finish it by next week. The. um I got the uh, Natural Born Killers script because I want to see what oh, yeah, yeah. You know, they got in a fight over that he kind of changed mm-hmm. it and it wasn't his baby. And he's like, fuck it. But that they made up after that. But he's like, that's his own thing. But he also wanted to right. pull his name off of it. And they would only let him do like story by or something like that. Um. So anyway, yes, I uh, yeah. When this came out, I was like, and it's one of those where you don't know what's better in Glorious Bastards hateful eight, you know, this one, but as Chip and I said, they get better. And especially once upon a time in Hollywood, I remember after that first came out and I talked to Joe and I talked to you and I was like, Oh wow. What do you, what do you think? And you were like, I don't know. It's not a Tarantino movie. And I'm like, right. But, but it was good. And you're like, yeah, but it didn't have any, you know, major things. It didn't have any, you know, uh, talking about movie, whatever. And I was like, I was like, oh. and then I went and saw it like two more times in the theater. And then when it came out, then I watched it. And then I read the book when he came out with the book. And that put even more to it because it's almost like a novelization, but in reverse, you know? So he did the mm-hmm. movie and then did the no- And it was like, oh, that brought even more. And so Chip and I agree that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is like his best movie. Like it's him now growing up, becoming a film director, you know, Kind of getting rid right, of right. things and doing, you know. But anyway, we're not here about that, is what Jason would say. It's ready to say. You ready to get to some <laughs> listener opinions? Let's do it. Well, you gotta have an opinion.
0: Well, opinions are like assholes. Everybody has one.
1: I hated, hated, hated this movie. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. I like it! Opinions vary. Motorstrom 23. That's uh, Joe and I's friend, Michael Strom, over there at, uh, at Michael Strom 23. <laughs> Motostrom 23 wrote, quote, best Quentin Tarantino cameo ever, exclamation point.
0: It was a good one. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He actually did good. Uh, Film Church Radio wrote it's a podcast that I follow, wrote, quote, so amazing. I cry during the freedom song sequence every time, unquote. And that's by Braden from Film Church because they're two guys. So that's Brayden. Uh, thank you, guys. Uh, Donnie B. Good from Movie Chatter Podcast wrote, quote, it's an absolute A plus. So many amazing performances from Samuel Jackson to Quentin Tarantino himself. And of course, Leonardo DiCaprio and Christoph Waltz and Kerry Washington. Really, all the main characters are iconic in their performances in the movie. The frequency of the N-word is still a little off-putting to me, but I wouldn't change it. This movie is so satisfying to watch by the end of it. I always feel like I saw something significant and it's one for the ages. Loved it. P.S. Love all these Quentin Tarantino movie review podcasts. Four hand clap emojis and six thumb up emojis, end quote, Um, which I agree. We got one more, but which I agree. The N word. My thing is almost like, were they using that during that time? Were they using that word? like you know um but uh who am i to say um but it still works you know you're still like okay i get it and sam jackson should have won a fucking award for this like he does so good yeah um, roman dot hren h-r-e-n dot cologne wrote quote a masterpiece with three okay emojis end quote so Here we go on the part that I thought that I had forgot to add here. Frank Nero, the original Django from 1966 Italian film was rumored for the role of Calvin Candy, but instead was given a cameo appearance as a minor character. Nero suggested that he play a mysterious horseman who haunts Django in visions and is revealed in an ending flashback to be Django's father. Tarantino opted not to use the idea. And then Kevin Costner was in negotiations to join as Ace Woody, a Mandingo trainer and Candy's right hand man. But Costner dropped out due to scheduling conflicts. So I think that's two times Kevin Costner. I think he was going to be on a glorious bastard or something in there that I read about Kevin Costner before. Um, So maybe if Quentin does a 10th one, Kevin Costner will be able to do it. Uh, Kurt Russell was cast instead, but also later left the role. When Kurt Russell dropped out, the role of Ace Woody was not recast. Instead, the character was merged with Walter Goggins' character, Billy Crash. So, all right. You ready to walk through this film? You're like, oh, the most boring part of your show that I hate?
0: Wow. No, no, I love it. I love listening to you talk. I want to apologize to the people of... That my voice isn't as sexy as Chip's is, so I won't be able <laughs> Chip's to. Got like... that.
1: Chip's got that deep voice. I, whenever you yeah. ask him if you ever run into Chip on the uh on the street, you say uh do Optimus Prime, and he'll say autobots
0: transform, and uh he does it better But anyway, I might actually jizz my pants if I heard that. So,
1: mm-hmm. well, okay, let's talk about Transformers for a second. I'm not gonna go on. <laughs> I'm reading all those old GI Joes, right? Yeah. And... It's gotten where they're they're going a little I'm like, okay, they're not going too far. It's not too crazy. I'm still reading like the original run was up to 155 on episode on issue like 140 fucking Megatron's there. And I'm like, oh, fuck, like why you got to fucking I know that that was a crossover, but I didn't know it happened in the run, the regular run. And I'm like, what the fuck? And Cobra Commander's like, you'll run my shit. Here's what we're going to do. And I'm like, (laughs) "Ah." and then GI Joe's like, let us call Cybertron and get, and now they're on their way. Like, come on, like really? And then they show up and then they fight. And then Megatron leaves. And I'm like, good. It was only like two or three issues. Okay. I'm good. But it was one of those where I'm like, ah, but chips, I go, now you're going to be into transformers. I'm like, no. Um, I mean, (laughs) my like transformers are fine. But anyway, yeah, Chip has a deep voice. Sometimes I'm like, you're too loud for my volumes. I got to mess with the levels. Anyway, in 1858, Texas brothers Ace and Dickie Speck drive a group of shackled black slaves on foot. So that was the other one. The guy that plays Dickie Speck was the guy from. um, So first of all, James Remar, who we said was played, you know, the guy with the bowler. And one of the brothers he's from, he was also Ar- the original
0: Hicks from alien. And then he got fired for doing too much drugs.
1: That's right. But also he was on a thing that we did on your show called red heat. He was a bad guy. He was also the bad guy in 48 hours. And, um, and he's just way cool. And then that other guy was a guy from, he was uh, Axel Foley's friend in Beverly Hills cop who gets shot in the head in the hallway of the apartment complex. So, right, right. Yeah. Anyway, just wanted to I forgot about that. Among them is Django, sold off and separated from his wife, von Shaft, a house slave who speaks German and English. They are stopped by Dr. King Schultz, a German dentist turned bounty hunter, seeking to buy Django for his knowledge of the three outlaw Brittle brothers, overseers at the plantation of Django's previous owner and for whom Schultz has a warrant. When Ace refuses to sell Django to Schultz and levels his gun at him, Schultz kills him and shoots Sticky's horse in order to pin him to the ground. So what's cool about this is uh, Christoph Waltz is like, I don't know guns. I don't know it. And I'm sure you've seen the guy, that old guy that's a quick draw, like old West quick draw guy. He goes through all the all the competitions anyway. He's really good. He trained them on pulling. That's a nod. Jason's nodding. It's a podcast. He doesn't know that it's okay. Uh, He'll get it after years. Um, So he pulls his gun and uh, he's a quick draw guy. So he showed them how to do their guns. And he said, uh, Jamie Fox was really good. He became real proficient. And, uh, but then what I don't like, I like guys that are good like that. Right. But what I don't like is on camera, he's like, you want me to show you? And they're like, OK, so I right. moved the chair away and he stands up and he's got his jeans on and he's like, there I pulled. Did you see it? I pulled it. And they're like, OK. And he's like, there I did it again. Let me do it slower. And you're like, come on, we understand you're fast. Like we get it like you don't need to <laughs> you're here because you're fat. But anyway, right. Right. Tough waltz was like, I knew nothing about guns. I'm not a gun aficionado. I don't really care, you know, whatever. And he's like and the guy goes but he trained with that and he's holding the lantern drops the lantern and pulls the gun it's almost as cool as the collateral thing with Tom Cruise like taking all those guys out like in right. record time like um, so yeah so he just pulls that big gun out shoots them and you're like holy shit and I remember Chip's <laughs> wife was like Chip was like, yeah my wife she doesn't like blood so his wife was like they just killed that horse and that head just exploded like oh <laughs> but um Schultz insists on paying a fair price for Django before leaving the other slaves to kill Dickie so I like that too when he pulls he's like this we're just talking and you pulled your gun now you know kind of like that was self-defense he was going to kill me so I shot him and (laughs) you know and I got witnesses I got one two three yeah four or five witnesses and you're like oh shit (laughs) Uh, Schultz offers Django his freedom and $75 in exchange for help tracking down the brittles. Django and Schultz kill the brittle brothers at Spencer, big daddy Bennett's Tennessee plantation. Bennett lets Django and Schultz leave due to the warrant, but later tries attacking them with a posse. So what's cool here is with him. So he said, uh, Originally, it was Schultz being like, here's what you should wear, like offering him. Here's your clothes that you should wear. Yeah. And Jamie Foxx is like, no, this is a guy who's been wearing like cloth rags and just whatever bullshit. And this is a guy who the first time a poor man who you're telling like, you can pick whatever you want. And he's going, "Okay, well, I'm going to pick the most shiny fucking shit. (laughs) And he goes, so I picked this blue blue outfit. And they're like, OK, and that's when you see him. And I like how that girl's like, he's like, she's like, you're free. And he's like, yeah. And she goes, so you choose to dress like this? <laughs> they, they said that's what other people were saying on this thing was like, but would you choose to dress like this? But they got that from some old painting of like a guy like painted like in a blue outfit. But anyway, mm-hmm. but yes, uh, Don Johnson in this part, you're like, oh, shit, Don Johnson saying some <laughs> some N words. Holy shit
0: yeah yeah
1: and the woman the woman that dressed him was like i wanted like crockett like i wanted miami vice (laughs) but i wanted like old school so she said i put him in white linen and then he explained like he brought his own alligator boots and so he was like that was my touch like okay and i'm like that's cool um schultz leave so yeah and then he shows the warrant like right away they drop their guns and they're like but it's that thing of the flashback it's the thing of him being like, I like the way you die, boy. And that guy, yeah. that guy just falls. And the stuntman was like, he did. There's a name for it, but you just fall without stopping yourself. It's all in one shot. And right. they go, Quentin would pretty much do all the stunts for it. Be like, here's what I want. And they go, did he do that one? And he goes, no, but if he would have, we would have been like, we understand what you mean. We got it. <laughs> so, um, But could you, I can't even imagine, like, it's good that Quentin can do this, but you and I write scripts. I used to write scripts. I write stories now, but which is more difficult than because he said, she said, whatever. He exclaimed, whatever. Um, But could you imagine like getting your, like trying to get your vision out? And Quentin is always, he taught, he was talking to um, Terry. Who's the guy that did, we did, um, we did Holy Grail.
0: Terry Terry Gilliam
1: Terry Gilliam he's talking to Terry Gilliam he's like I don't know how to do all that and Terry Gilliam's like you pay all these people to do their jobs it's not it's your job to get your vision to them to have them do it and so but I couldn't even imagine like like I would try to explain to my friends like I've told you before like no no it's gonna be like that scene in in seven when it's raining and he's by the garbage can by the garbage truck and he's got the gun to his head and they go, I don't know movies like you do. I don't know what you mean. You don't know that (laughs) scene. So yeah, it's very difficult to be like, do it like that. Or an actor say it like this, you know, it's like, fuck you. But some actors will be like, give me a line read. I need to know what you're feeling, what you're saying. So um, so that whole posse attacks. So again, this stunt crew was like, I got 35 guys on horses. We're all going to run in there. He said, so it's a whole stunt family, as you know, those stunt guys. So he's like, we got fathers, we got grandfathers, we got kids, we got all the stunt guys are just like, I want to be in on this. Like, we're going to run 35 down this hill. Like, let's go. And they do Put it a bag on your head. Yeah. And they do it and they get down there and, um, and then they have the scene. We'll get to the bag scene in a minute, but then they have the scene where they're surrounding The thing and they're going to blow it up. And he said, Now, normally he said, We're like, let's get seven horses or four, maybe four will fall out of seven and it still won't look good. So he goes, So I got 15. I'm like, Let's do 15. And he goes, And all 15 fell or whatever at one point. He goes, That first time we did all 15 fell. I was like, Oh, great. He goes, But then we did it and maybe, you know, 13 out of 15 fell or whatever. And he goes, So it was really good. And um, because they did the old school, you know, they did it regular, not hurting any horses or anything. Um, So but what's in the bag scene that I read was so Quentin would show that to people that were coming to interview him. He'd be like, here's mm-hmm. a scene I want to show you. And he'd show him that scene and they didn't laugh and they didn't much, you know, <laughs> they were just which I could see out of context. You're like, am I supposed to write what's going on? And yeah. So he goes, so then I was like, well, maybe I should pull it out. And then the editor was like, what do you or, or the editor or one of those Harvey Weinstein prick guys were like, no, put it back in like it's funny. And he's like, OK. And so he puts it back in and that gets a big laugh in the theater when, you know, he's going, well, my wife, oh, yeah. don't ask us and my family for anything. And you're like, oh, shit. was
0: <laughs> um, so, Jonah Hill's best cameo role ever, too. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's... I don't know about him.
0: Uh, After that, yeah, I saw that Stutz documentary, and I had to shut it off. It was horrible. I
1: haven't watched it yet, but I heard that it's just... It's very upsetting. Um, Schultz ambushes the posse with explosives, and Django kills Bennett. So that's where he's like, he's getting away, and he's like, I know, he's like, he's getting away, and then he shoots him, and it's that cool thing of him just under the horse and then him falling off the horse, you hear the gunshot, you see a little bit of red mist and the horse keeps going. Then you see him fall and you're like, Oh, that was really good. Um, Same thing with when the brittle brothers, that guy running on the, you know, on the horse. And he's like, are you sure? Are you positive? And he goes, no, no. What, what's positive mean? I don't know what positive means. Are you sure? (laughs) Yes. Yes. What? Yes. I'm sure. Okay. Boom. And you're like, Oh, (laughs) um, of feeling responsible for Django, Schultz agrees to help him find and rescue Brumhilda. They return to Texas where Django collects his first bounty, keeping the handbill as a memento. So that's where also when he's up there and he's like, and Schultz is like, put the gun down. Don't worry. I'm not mad at you. Let's have a conversation. Here's how much money he's worth. And you're expecting him to be like 7,000. Okay. You know, but he's like, okay. And he tells him the whole thing and then he kills him. And his son is like, dad. And you're like, Oh shit. And then later when yeah. he hits Schultz with that, when he's like, he's like, I wouldn't say anything to a man who let me kill a father in front of his son. And you didn't blink an eye. Like, and he's like, Schultz is like, okay, agreed. I'll shut up. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, he and Schultz rack up several bounties before spring When they travel to Mississippi and learn that Broomhilda's new owner is Calvin J. Candy, the charming but cruel owner of the Candyland plantation where slaves are forced to wrestle to the death in brutal Mandingo fights. So this again was when he's telling the Broomhilda like that sweet, you know, that um, what do you call those? A story. Uh, There's a name for it anyway. Um, and then, and then all of a sudden Schultz is like, well, now I feel compelled to help you. Like when he's telling that story, he goes, I just, I just got what that meant. And I just get where you're coming from. Like, I need to help you. And, and it's another cool thing where he's like, we can, let's go, you know, let's just go buy her. And he's like, we can't just go in there and buy her because we need something big because this guy won't even meet with us. It's like you you going to meet with Spielberg. No, you got to bring him. I got Transformer 17. He's like, okay, I'll meet <laughs> with you. Um, so, but then he's like, wait a minute, I heard a podcast where you said too <laughs> Jewish. So get the fuck out of here. And you're like, wait a minute. So uh Schultz and Django hatch a plan deciding that Candy will price Broomhilda beyond their reach if they try to buy her up front. They will instead offer twelve thousand, equivalent to three hundred and seventy-six thousand in two thousand twenty-one money, for one of his best fighters as a pretext, as acquiring Broomhilda for a nominal sum, which is funny because then it ends up the other he's still got to pay twelve thousand. Like you should have just came in and said give us give us her for this much. They meet Candy at his gentleman's club and make the offer. So that's that brutal fight like Quentin was saying that so that fight and the dog attack he had more footage in there and they were maybe going to cut this into two films and then Mm -hmm. he was like no that'll make the audience really like just uncomfortable and not like it so he's like I'll drop it down and I didn't remember the other times I've watched this I think I'm just waiting the first time I might have noticed it but first time you're so into the moment at the end of like what's going to happen you know when he's talking about the skull and everything and then but i didn't notice before until now and i don't know why maybe i did like i said but anyway all the flashbacks that schultz is having of the dog attack and and that's making him angry and that sweet music's playing and he's just like will you stop playing and she's like what but i never noticed that before and i'm like oh he's ramping up he's like i fucking hate this guy um and we'll get to that in a minute but uh, because there's one of my favorite scenes i don't know what your favorite scene is but we'll get to it uh at the end when i ask but anyway uh make the offer intrigued candy invites him to Candyland. on route the group encounters candy's slave trackers who have cornered d'artagnan an escapee mandingo fighter so uh schultz attempts to save him but Django intervenes to prevent him from blowing their cover so this was my favorite part i love him i love uh, leonardo comes up there to his horse and he's looking at him while they're having the dogs attack the guy and he's just looking at him and they're playing this game of cat and mouse this game of chess whatever and you can see that it bothers Jamie, you know, it bothers Django, but he's also like putting up that front that it doesn't, but you know Mm -hmm. that candy knows that it does bother him and he's just watching him and waiting. And you're like, and he's like, Oh, your your buddy Schultz doesn't seem to, and he's like, yeah, he just doesn't agree in this. He, he, Oh yeah. He goes, I've met Americans and you're like, Oh fuck. Yeah. Americans are fucking shitty people. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So he's like, uh, and then, um, so it's that whole thing. It's that thing of all pay. And he goes, no, you won't. And he just puts, okay. And puts some money back. And that other guy's looking at him like, what's going on? Like, what is going on here? Like kind of, that's weird. Your dynamic and everything. Um, but, uh, uh, bah bah. candy has the trackers dog mall trackers, dogs mall D'Artagnan to death, visibly upsetting Schultz. By the way, did you see that there's a new Three Musketeers coming out with like, like it's a two-parter. It's a French film, but it's got like Uh -uh. these stars that, you know, Eva Green and some others. And, you know, it's like in two parts. Pretty cool. Anyway, uh, having told Broomhilda of their plan, Schultz offers to buy her as his escort while negotiating the initial deal during dinner. So what it skipped here was when they show up and he's like, Oh yeah. She's in the hot box. I forgot to tell you, I've been meaning to tell you and Jamie Fox is ready to fucking shoot everybody. So many times he's yeah. going for his gun. And I'm like, nobody sees you going for your gun. And, and then finally they let her out and you're like, it's everything he can do. It's everything Schultz can do like, you know, to play the part. So good. Um, they, they make the deal during dinner. Candy's staunchly loyal and suspicious head house slave, Stephen, Realizes that Brumhilda knows Django, uh, deduces their plan and alerts Candy. So this jumped way ahead already. But um, did you think that this was too long? Were you like, get to Candyland already? Like, you know, like in a way, this is two separate films. Like you're like,
0: yeah, yeah, no, totally it is. Um, no, I liked I like the change of pace. If they would have kept going how they were going. The movie would have just neandered on and on and on. right? Uh, yeah. But the fact that they go to Candyland, to me, it sets up almost like this whole new, like I'm reinvested mm-hmm. in this new yeah. turn of events, you know, yeah. and I can't wait to see these characters and how they interact. And uh, I don't know if I'm supposed to say it yet or not, but my favorite scene is that, that table, the scene at the oh. table yeah, where, where he cuts his hand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that is Tarantino at his best. What he does the best is that you know someone's going to die at the end of this confrontation. Yeah. But we don't know who. We don't know when it's coming. And it's just dripping with tension. Yeah. And then uh, DiCaprio's like speech that he gives is just, it's
1: chilling. Yeah. It's, it's the, it's that thing that I've talked about that I've heard Quentin Tarantino talks about. It's like stretching a rubber band. Till it's almost mm-hmm. gonna break and that's what he does and he said there's some directors who can't do that they falter at right. it." like on his video archives podcast they were watching some movie and he's like at the end it just kind of kind of fizzled out like it wasn't really tense and that's what mm-hmm. he does do is like you're like what the fuck either that or you got something like marvin shot in the face that you don't expect you're just like oh they're all free right. they're fine and then all of a sudden like what the fuck um but yes uh so candy so it's when he like steven's just wondering about these guys already like nobody else is and all candy's thinking is money and like they explained also about candy is he's such a faker he's a wannabe he's not even like and so until steven is like hey here's what's going on And I like how he's like, you're going to let him sleep in a big house. Like now we're going to have to burn all the blankets and burn all the sheets. And you're like, Oh my God. Like I remember in philosophy class, we were talking about the, in the Jewish, uh, in the, um, in the uh, Jewish, what's the name? The, the camps, in the camps for the Jews that they would have these gray, um, these guys that were like, they would rat on you if you did something wrong or you were trying to escape. So they were part right. they were like German. they were on the german side but they were jews but they could be killed in it but and it was this weird thing and he was like you don't want to be that guy you know you want
0: to be yeah better. um but and, that's what sam jackson did so good in this performance oh, is yeah. that he played a despicable character yeah. yeah but it's so engaging to watch
1: yeah yeah everything he says you're just in there and then when he's like looking at her when she like glances back at django as she's going back to the kitchen and he's like, and he go, you know him, don't you? And she's like, no, no, I don't. Well then why are you scared? Cause you're scaring me. He's like, sit right there and you just wait. And then he puts it together. And I'm thinking, I was thinking earlier, you know, they both got burned on their cheeks and I'm like, Mm -hmm. they should have been like, like, hang on, you got one and she's got one. But, um, but it's really cool when he then tells candy, like, can I talk to you? And he's like, get up out of my chair like no right (laughs) Right. and he's like he's like well no it's something in the in the library blah blah and he's like oh okay and he gets up to go talk to him and that's when he tells him and and then he's like okay and he brings his stuff in and you're like oh shit what's he gonna do and it's the i called it last week uh um chronology because i was thinking cranium chronology but it's phrenology but Uh, uh. when he like you said when he's talking about the three bumps and like and it's those things where it's that thing where people believe it like my thing is though i was thinking of this this is just i mean i know django probably doesn't believe it but if django's not very educated django might believe what candy's saying about right that the submissive part is larger and all this. And he's going to be like, Oh, it must be, must be true. And, um, but anyway, that whole, like you said, that whole scene, he pulls everything out. You're like, what's he going to do? We got this guy. He used to be a slight and you're like, Oh fuck, here we go. And, and they're just, it's just, Oh, it's just him running the room. And, and then, uh, candy alters a deal at gunpoint to sell Brumhilda for $12,000 instead of the fighter schultz reluctantly agrees so it's that thing of him slamming his fist down on that glass whatever it was and breaking his hand now as a director i tried to direct one movie i could not imagine not calling cut right away you got leo dicaprio at that time your highest guy and you're gonna just be like keep rolling but i guess you're watching him and if he keeps going you keep going Exactly. And if you've been if this is toward the end of your shooting and you've been like, "Okay, I've worked with him. I know how he works. I got it. And it just, you know, and him just going through that whole thing and being angry and slamming that hammer down. I read something I don't know if it's true that he hurt himself twice. One was with his hand. The other one was he slammed the hammer down and it broke and hit him in the head. Oh, my God. But like maybe not bad. But that hammer thing is like you're like, oh fuck, like that makes everybody jump and makes you jump. And you're like, oh shit. Yeah. And uh during the sales finalization, Candy threatens to kill Brumhilda if Schultz does not shake his hand to seal the deal. So that's that thing where if she leaves here without him shaking, and you're like, and you kind of know, but you're like, oh yeah, they took all his guns, but that, oh shit. And it's a thing that I've always said with Quentin, because you and I, I don't think have talked about it much. Me and Chip talk about it. When you're writing something and it just takes over and you're just like, I'm like yeah. a stenographer. I'm just writing shit down, which is fucking awesome. So yeah. I got stuck in a, in a part one time writing my script and it was about that these guys know that they've been double-crossed, but they're still going to pull off the heist, but how are they going to do it? And I'm like, how's he going to talk them out of it? And they come in the room and he starts talking to the other criminals and he talks, talks about it. And I'm like, Holy mm-hmm. shit. Like that was cool. So I wonder with Tarantino always is like, did he, does he have the gun thing? Okay. I'm going to kill him with the gun at the end. Or is it a thing of like, right. Oh shit. They took their guns, but he didn't take his wrist gun. I'm going to use that.
0: Right. You know, yeah. it's all
1: those cool things. Um, so, uh, Having had enough of Candy's arrogance, Schultz shoots and kills Candy. Butch Pooch, Candy's bodyguard, kills Schultz. And Django kills Pooch, Candy's lawyer, uh, Leonide Mogai, and several of Candy's henchmen, but is forced to surrender when Broomhilda is taken hostage. So that part, I fucking love this shootout. I love that it's like cannonballs. And
0: like,
1: like... and you're just like, holy shit. And the song and like, you know, the music and everything works out. And it's like bloodier than Wild Bunch, which I was thinking, have you ever seen the Wild Bunch? Yeah, and yeah. It's insane and it's great. And and you're just like, right on. Right. And he pushes out of that room and kills those other two guys. And that other guy keeps oh, yeah. getting shot in the leg and the stomach. And
0: he's That's like, so he's good.
1: <laughs> oh, so good. And then um, the next morning, the chained Django is tortured and is about to be castrated by Candy's henchman, Billy Crash, when Stephen arrives, informing him that Candy's sister, Laura, who has taken charge of the plantation, has ordered him to be sold to mining company and worked to death. That whole conversation, that whole him telling like about like you're going to go to this mining company, you're going to work every day with a sledgehammer, breaking big rocks into little rocks all the way until you get old. When your back gives out, they're going to thump you over the head with a hammer and put you in a shallow grave and you'll be done. And you're like, holy shit, like fuck. And <clears throat> it's just like, oh my gosh. Uh, slavery's bad, hot take. Is that that good for me to say?
0: It's it's pretty bad. Uh, I think they really showed it by just like focusing on Jamie Foxx's taint at this part. And you just see <laughs> yeah. his whole cock and balls just yeah. sitting there. Yeah. And uh about halfway through the shot, I start listening to what the other guy was saying.
1: So I'm just like, God <laughs> you were, damn.
0: You were salivating. You were yeah, like, that's, I was that's like...
1: past his yeah, that's up to his chest. Wait a minute. <laughs> you were checking yourself. Let me see. Let me hang up. Somebody. I was like, I feel he like he could pick
0: he, he could pick his cuffs with that thing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. on uh, route there, Django devises an escape plan and uses his first handbill to prove. To his escorts that he is a bounty hunter he falsely says that the men on the handbill are at candyland and promises the escorts a share of the reward money so do you know who all three of these guys are have you figured out who so that one older guy is
0: okay. it's tarantino it's right? the dude from wolf creek yes and then i don't know who the other dude yes is.
1: the guy from wolf creek is awesome the other guy fucking from dust till dawn michael parks oh yeah yeah, yeah. michael yeah. parks exactly yeah um but yeah, the guy from Wolf Creek where every time I see him, I'm like, who is that guy? Why does he sound familiar? I'm like, oh, shit,
0: that's Wolf yeah. Creek. Yeah, awesome. Um, he is terrifying in that in those movies.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. The I didn't like the second one as much. It was still good, but I really liked the first one was the best. Um, so then once released, Django kills his escorts and returns to Candyland with dynamite. So again... It's the thing where a lot of people say, and you don't know unless you're in this situation of why didn't slaves revolt and just attack like they could have overthrown everybody and gone. But it's like you're in such fear that you're almost just frozen. We talked off air trauma. It's trauma stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. But um, so it's that thing. I think that they're just like, we'll give him a gun. He's not going to kill us. He's on our side now. They're not even thinking about it, but also works out for a script. Like, okay, now kill these guys. Right. And then right. Quentin turning around and him shooting the thing of, you know, dynamite <laughs> blowing him up. Um, and so did you watch this all the way to the end? I had never watched after the credits, but I have this OCD thing where I have to play all my movies all the way to the end. Cause otherwise when I turn them back on, it'll be at the end credits. So I was right. letting it play at the very end. They go, who was that N word? And it ends. It's those three in the cell, in the little cage, <laughs> in the cart. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit! I didn't even notice that before. That's um, awesome. So uh, once released, Django kills his escorts. I said that. Recovering Broomhilda's freedom papers from Schultz's corpse, Django bids him. So he goes in. Oh yeah, that's what we forgot. Tom Savini, fucking Tom Savini, uh, running the yeah, dogs. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: <clears throat> um. So he goes in there, kills Tom Savini, kills all those people. And um, and then he makes his way to Candyland. And that's where he gets her freedom papers. Django bids him goodbye and avenges him and D'Artagnan by killing the trackers and frees Boomhilda just as Candy's mourners return from his burial. So that's the other part that we forgot. When he's talking about D'Artagnan, before he kills him, when Schultz is like, D'Artagnan, you know, it's from you have all these books, and this is where you know he's a faker. He doesn't know that it's three musketeers, and then he's like, Oh, some French guy, you know, Dumas, like, oh, you know, <clears throat> and he's like, he's like, he was a black man, and he just stayed like he's like, Oh, um, like so it's <laughs> yeah. like, oh so good. Um, so uh at the mansion, Django kills Laura. <laughs> Say goodbye to Laura. What? Say goodbye to yeah, Miss Laura. That. He's like goodbye, Miss Laura. Boom! Like she just flies out the thing. You're like, oh, awesome. Uh, Crash! And the remaining henchman releases the two remaining house slaves, and kneecaps Stephen before. So he's like, he's like, all the black people like leave, and Stephen goes to leave. He's like, no, not you. You're you're on the white <laughs> side. Like, come back here before igniting the. So yeah, he's like, you never said anything about kneecaps, and he's like, what? And same thing. When he's killing, uh, what's his name, um, Crash? When he's like, when he goes, remember when you said something about castrating me? And then he shoots him in the dick, and he's like,
0: Oh ah, yeah,
1: <laughs> oh, so great."
0: <laughs>
1: and um, and so then, uh, he lights the, uh, ignites the dynamite he had planted throughout the mansion. Django and Broomhilda watch from a distance as the mansion explodes. Before riding off together, the end so oh thank you thank you yes um so yeah it's uh it's that thing of so that's his horse that he stole when he stole the horse from the miners that's his real horse i don't know if you knew that that's jamie fox's real horse oh nice and he was saying the stunt guys were like stunt guy was like okay when you're riding this horse you're gonna ride it bareback he's like yeah he goes when you do this, like, hold on. Cause, but if thing, if you feel something's going wrong, just jump off. And he's like, Jamie Foxx like, okay. So he's like, he's like, we're going like 35 miles an hour and I'm going, there's no way I'm going to jump off now. Like, so he goes, I'm (laughs) just holding on as much as I can. And his horse, that was his horse from like four years earlier. He got it given to him on his birthday. And, um, and then they trained it to do those little tricks and stuff. Um, so while he's doing it at 35, when he's done, that trainer was like, I am so glad that you didn't do what I said of jumping yeah. off because I was like, I hope he doesn't do what I told him to do because <laughs> then we're in big trouble. <laughs> and he's like, no, no. So uh, we already kind of talked about it, but what is anything uh, or if something sticks with you in this movie. Like I said, like mine is a jang. Gen- the Mandingo fight is like brutal. And you're like, oh, and him yeah. throwing that hammer. It's like oof. Yeah. But it's for me, it's Leo's uh performance, it's Jamie Foxx and Leo when the dogs are attacking that guy and they're just looking at each other. And you know, and of course, you know, uh, Christoph Waltz, they're all good, but go ahead, yeah, I'll shut up now.
0: No, no, I, I think that the things that stuck with me the most were um the depictions of how the slaves were treated from the very first scene when they're they're Almost no clothes. They pretty much most of them are shirtless. They got that chain around their neck, and they're marching with no shoes on through the cold winter. And it's just like, man, the way those people were treated is disgusting. Yeah. Uh, And then the hot box thing really upset me. Yeah. Uh, This the scene with the dog, like it was almost too hard. It's hard to watch. Yeah. Um. But luckily, you know, Django gets his revenge and uh it, that's what makes it okay in the end because you know like after seeing it you're like well at least this isn't going to be a tarantino ending where like i could have easily seen candy like blown away Django.
1: yeah yeah
0: <laughs> because the yeah. tarantino movie you never know who's going to survive and who's going to come out on top so yeah exactly. uh, I, I liked that that it had a happy ending that he got his wife back that nothing happened to her because yeah. that would have been another shitty thing if she would have died yeah so i like that this one has a happy ending
1: yeah, exactly. And am I a bad person then when I talk about the performances and you talk about <laughs> yeah, like yeah. slavery is bad? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, yeah, what was good was Leo asshole. DiCaprio and his 25-year-old girlfriend. <laughs> um, um, no, yes. All that's what else is interesting is all the realistic stuff. He'll do the realistic stuff, but then like I read when we did Inglorious Bastards last week, it was a thing of people being like, well, you're this is almost like Holocaust denier stuff because you made the Nazis like comical. And he's right, like, No, yeah. I'm doing my own movie. It's a genre yeah. picture like all of his ones. But this one, especially, which I'll get to here in a little bit, but he calls it a southern instead of a western. So it's right. like, you know. Um, but yes, it's yeah. It, but yes, it was a good revenge, you know, kind of just uh it's great. Uh, Reviews, Rotten Tomatoes, Critical Consensus, reads, Bold, bloody, and stylistically daring, Django Unchained is another incendiary masterpiece from Quentin Tarantino, unquote. So an entire issue of the academic journal Safundi, I don't know where this is, I don't know what it is, but it's a journal that I found, I found this history, was devoted to Django Unchained in Django Unchained and the Global Western featuring scholars who contextualize Tarantino's film as a classic Western. Dana Phillips writes, quote, Tarantino's film is immensely entertaining, not despite, but because it is so very audacious, even at times downright lurid thanks to its treatment of slavery, race relations and that staple of the Western violence. No doubt these are matters that another director would have handled more delicately and with less stylistic excess than Tarantino, who has never been bashful. Another director also would have been less willing to proclaim his film, the first in a new genre, the Southern. So that's what else I like is he's not bashful. He'll be like,
0: no, he doesn't give a like, fuck. Like, about anything.
1: He, He'll kill Hitler. Yeah. 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 Well, <laughs> and, and like when he was like, uh, like something that I read was um, him, um, oh fuck, now I forget. Um, oh, was where he's just like, write from your heart. Don't write what you think people want to hear, just write. And it's like, yeah, like, and I was telling chip. I used to have up until a couple years ago. I would try to write cool things in my movies. I would try to write like or in my stories, like, oh, I'm gonna have this guy talk about bullet from 1969, like talk about bullet, that'd be cool. And I had him talk about the Mustang and all this, and then I had an on another part where a hitman comes in and he's like, he's like you hillbilly. And he says all these hillbilly jokes and like, you know, says, I got three questions for you. If you can answer these three questions, I'll let you go. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm trying to be Quentin Tarantino. I'm trying to
0: yeah do
1: something when I should just go in there. This guy would just kill these people. Like they're just dead. Right. Like, you know, and it's that thing of just, you know, like, fuck it, like do what you want, write what you want, you know, doesn't matter.
0: Um, I think that everybody as a writer wants to be like Quentin Tarantino. But here's the thing. (laughs) Quentin Tarantino does it in a way where he slowly brings you into the conversation and it seems real. Yeah. I just watched Bullet Train and Mm. Bullet Train was trying so fucking hard to be a Quentin Tarantino movie. Yeah, And they had all that bullshit where he was relating everything to Thomas the Train. Yeah. And I was like, that seems so fucking forced. Yeah, Yeah. The metaphor didn't even work. And I was yeah. like, they were just trying to be like, well, what would Quentin Tarantino do? Ooh, yeah. well, I'm gonna like say it's like Thomas the Train Engine, and and the ongoing joke about them being lemon and tangerine, and people going like, like the fruit. Yeah, they were trying to be Tarantino, but it wasn't smooth, dude. It yeah. was just yeah. like it was like dumb Tarantino. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, it's 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 interesting because uh, I don't know. It's he is good at you know people are like. You know there's a lot of people who are upset, they want to know what his 10th movie is. It's like, I don't care, you gave us this, thank you. And then yeah. in his book, like, I'm still in the middle of uh reading his uh, I'm on the Dirty Harry um chapter, his book about cinema, cinema speculations, and mm-hmm. it's really good. And he just writes it real well. Where he writes about, um, <coughs> he writes about, can you hear my dog barking? Um, supposed to cut out the dog. <laughs> but um he writes about like the speculation like what if when taxi driver was written um that martin scorsese was like hey why don't you take it like was they were gonna give it to like to palma or somebody else and if somebody mm-hmm. else would have done that they would have had so-and-so star in it and it would have been totally different like really cool but anyway um what do you give this movie
0: out of five
1: say Lord, heart's
0: Oh, this is five, man. And there's, yeah. This movie is something. I, every time I watch it, I see new things. Mm-hmm. I catch, I catch new jokes that I didn't catch before. Yeah. And it's always enjoyable. Like the flow. It's a long movie, so if you, you got to sit down and watch yeah. it, yeah. you got to sit down and fucking watch it. Yeah. Um. But it never, to me, it doesn't ever drag. Like, so, like uh, there's places in Inglorious Bastards where it really slows down. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's... I don't
0: think this one did that.
1: Well, and even a lot of people said, like, once upon a time in Hollywood was like, he's driving everywhere, like, fucking get over it. And yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, nah, it's it's like a Hangout movie, that one is, like, mm-hmm. you're just hanging out with those guys. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I give it five out of five. It's one of those where it's good and it's that thing where you, is Inglorious Bastards better than this? Is this better than that? You know, but they're different and they're cool and it's amazing um so uh what else you got i got uh, phil's film favorite of the week if you want to hear that
0: i do i want to hear that i want to put add one thing that i yeah. don't know if you've heard Good. uh did, did you watch the show justified uh
1: no i didn't but i but go ahead because i want to tell i, I did Kind of say something about Elmore Leonard, but go ahead on my yeah, that's letter. what
0: I was gonna tell you is that uh Quentin Tarantino is changing an Elmore Leonard story into a new season of Justified, and that's gonna be his next project. He's doing oh, is eight. The, episodes. Is that what he's
1: doing? Eight of okay. I was wondering because he didn't say and I hadn't heard lately, but that's what he's doing. Yeah, because Elmore Leonard does it, and he said one of the books that he loved was this one book, and that's probably what he's doing, which is great. Yeah, um no, that's awesome. Um, so, uh, first of all, to end up this Quentin Tarantino stuff. So we did all that. You guys can go back, listen to those others. Um, and, uh, and then hopefully you'll join us on the new show, but, uh, let me give you my film favorite of the week. This one was so good. I watched a lot this week actually, but this one I really liked and I wanted to say on here. So it's called fight for your life from 1977, the plot a mean, trashy exploitation picture about three convicts who escape from jail and hole up at the house of a black minister. There are a few nasty scenes where the minister's family is being repeatedly terrorized by the thugs. In the end, the minister turns the tables on the three convicts and gives them their just desserts. So this has, do you remember the show New Heart? I'm Daryl, I'm uh, Larry, this is my brother Daryl, this is my other brother Daryl. So it's got Larry in it got larry william uh william sanderson anyway the guy from blade runner the toy maker in blade runner and so he's in it and he's one of the main convicts and he's saying the n-word a lot he's calling them like coons and tar baby and you're like holy shit like (laughs) what the fuck and but it's and the acting isn't really good but it just at the end like you said with that ending where it kind of flips i don't want to give it away but right. it's really really neat and um so i gave it four uh four stars on letterbox you do stars so i did four stars out of five um right but on. yeah it was good but then of course we watched gremlins and we watched oh, a uh, classic you know, christmas vacations and we watched i watched arthur christmas the other day which i had never seen it was really good i really liked yeah, it that, i was yeah. like oh it's a cool twist um so uh you got anything other than bullet chain your favorite movie of all
0: time oh yeah that one pissed me off i saw amsterdam and i really liked that um it I, was I,
1: go ahead sorry
0: I, I was just gonna say it was a very stylized very kind of a different story but i was just like entranced by it man i just thought it was great and christian bell fuck yeah. that guy knocks it out of the park yeah. dude
1: every time yeah, Every I time. I haven't seen that yet, but I had heard things of like everybody wanted to see Amsterdam, and then I heard these one guys were like, they were like, but then when you're like, what's the story of Amsterdam? And somebody breaks it down, to cannot explain sentence, it. They go, but when they yeah. break it down to one sentence, you're like, that's what it's about, and it loses. No. And I'm like, I'm like, I love this guy. I've watched all his movies ever since fucking Three yeah. Kings, like all the way and right. before Three Kings was flirting with disaster, but. I said, I've seen all of them except for Joy. I haven't watched Joy yet. But I go, I want to watch this fucking movie. So, yeah, it's on HBO Max. I want to check that out. This other one was on YouTube, uh, Fight oh, for Your okay. Life. You'll never see it, but I'll tell you about the end at the end. Uh, after <laughs> we are done recording. So come back on December 30th for our podcast finale. right. Chip and I are ending the podcast after four years. It may come as a shock to some of you, but we are starting our new podcast called Making Tarantino the Podcast on January 20th, 2023. So for our finale, will we be talking about our favorite parts of the show, like favorite movies that we did? Uh, So I told Chip, I go, go through everything we've done and tell me if you like the kid with Charlie Chaplin or what. And he's like, okay. and I'm going to see if he did his homework. I mentioned to it like four (laughs) times. I'm like, okay, I'm done. I won't bother you. But I'm waiting for me to go. And what's your favorite? And him go, hang on. Let me scroll through. (laughs) Uh, So it will be a loosey goosey episode. We will even have some call ins, maybe even from Jason Bromley. Oh shit. um, That's right. Well, and then I asked this guy, Tim, who lives in Indiana. I don't know if he still lives in Indiana, but I was like, I was like, Hey, you want to call in or would it be, I go, we recorded about this time right now. And he was like, Oh, that's a little late. I got to go to work and it's going to (laughs) be tough. And I'm like, ah, damn. I was hoping all these people would call in (laughs) and be uh, like 7 PM. Yeah. exactly. (laughs) Well for him, it's like, whatever, Indiana different, who knows? Anyway, uh, certain movies stick with you. They stay in your head and heart forever. So from all of us at my Sailor Heart, keep watching movies. What do you have to say, Jason? Anything for your last big show? Don't forget to on? watch
0: Pop, 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 Popcorn Promises podcast.
1: That's right. I just can't watch
0: it, but listen no, to it.
1: you can listen to it.
0: <laughs>
1: One that him and I did, we did uh, Ferris Bueller, which made me laugh. I don't think it's just because it was me, because I, I told my friend, I go, I mentioned you in it about how you, when I came out of court, and all this stuff, and he's like, okay. And he listened to it. He goes, oh my god, who is this guy? That was funny.
0: And I go, you yeah. told some wild stories on that one. It was good. And,
1: yeah. And then I said, <laughs> and then we did the, but the the really good one. I hadn't done Raiders on here, my favorite movie of all time, and I haven't done Raiders: of The Lost Ark. And part of it is because I can't up what you and I did on your show. It's like, no, that was right. too good. So <laughs> I just tell everybody, go go listen to Raiders: The Lost Ark over there. Um, but yeah. Um, I think that's all you, you got. That's anything? it. Nothing. Yeah. No. Right. Thank all you. Right. Merry let's Christmas. Put, yeah. Let's uh, put a bow on it. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Wrap it up. Wrap up our uh, podcast. Um. Thank you, everyone. Uh, you have any line from this movie? I can't think of any. Usually, we try to do some lines, but I can't think of any. Um, uh, I can't slavery's... think of one that
0: doesn't have the n-word in it.
1: <laughs> slavery's bad. Okay. How's that? Uh, you do any? Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Bye, everybody
0: bye